Hello and welcome to another episode of Design Under Influence. It's so good to have you here. Thank you for checking us out. Uh, we're all about sharing the knowledge on how to protect your business, how to get more efficient, effective with your architecture, engineering, design business. We're here as your IT providers. We called Arc IT. We love what we do. And I have my co-hosts and experts, uh, actually deep experts in this particular field. Both Mark and Harry are here to light this up. Mark and Harry, what's up? Say what's up. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. The man, the, the gentleman of many words. Um, <laughs> but uh, my job here is to sort of introduce the topic and open them up uh, to share some of the wisdom that we've uncovered over the years of supporting supporting businesses for their IT infrastructure, protecting businesses. And speaking of protections, uh, we're going to talk about network security today, but but let's start with just sort of the idea of how it feels. Like as a business owner you know, or someone who works closely, you know, been in the company for a while and feels the passion for the organization. And, you know, we're all humans. We're, we're tribal creatures, right? We want, we want the best for our tribe. And the situations come up when intrusions happen. And these days, you know, we don't really have a lot of people with bows and arrows storming our, you know, uh, offices or home offices, as case may be. But we do have very similar, if not like exactly the same kind of uh, analogy happening on the you know digital side in the internets, in the interwebs, as as, as it happens. So today we're going to kind of walk through um, network security and and very quickly kind of from a perspective of a business owner or individual who works in the business who has some uh, authority to make some changes to help you kind of think through this and help you understand if you have the protections you need and what you should do to get the protections you need. But first, let's talk about how it feels to get hacked or attacked or intruded upon on a very, very personal level. It it feels, I can tell you right now, it feels very, very personal. Mark, you were we we were talking about your beard before, and you just started talking about this particular story that I thought was absolutely very well connected to the experience how business owners would feel getting hacked and cut off from their business potentially. Speaking of cut off, why don't you tell us your beard story? How did it go? What happened there? All right, so I had a glorious beard at one point. Uh, Alex, I know you still love this one, but I used to have one that, you know, came down to here. It was, it was, it was very long. Um, and it was very well manicured and it was who I was. It was a part of me. And it was, um, as Alex was saying, how we can, you know, analyze this of to what a business owner would feel like it was who I was just as a business owner, their, their business is who they are. Um, so my beard was very long. It was, very, it was, it was, it was exactly how I wanted it. It was, it was just a part of who I was. So I was traveling uh, internationally for a while. I came back to the States, uh, back to where I grew up and I went to the barber shop uh, to get it, you know, trimmed out and just get it manicured and get it the way exactly how I wanted it. It, it was pretty good, right, right, Mark? It wasn't like it was all on camp. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was short and it came out and it was just, you know, I was using beard oils and like, you know, I had it all done. It was, it was perfect. It was self done uh, because I was traveling and I didn't want to go to a barber overseas. And so I came back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it done right. Get it trimmed up, you know, get all the dead ends cut off. Um, I was passionate about it. So go into the barber and 
I used to go there all the time and I always had great experiences there. I walked in, I saw the owner, um, talked to him for a minute and, uh, my barber that I used to be with wasn't there. So I went to a new guy the new guy didn't speak very good English. So I, I sort of explained to him what I wanted. I wanted it to, you know, come down. I wanted it, uh, you know, trim dead ends cut off. And like, you know, I did this right here, you know, pointed out people who are listening, not watching, you wanted to pointed down but still the same length right? same length just the yeah. dead ends cut off and trimmed to make it look nice so i got in the chair he starts doing the top like you know he's doing i was not falling asleep but i don't know any you men um have been in a barber chair you sort of fall into it and you get into like a trance you might close your eyes you just relax it's a it's a it's a massage for your beard you know however you want to put it it's like a it's just a good mental escape so I'm noticing he's doing his thing. He's coming down here. And then all of a sudden I feel like my chin get touched and I snap up. And as I'm open, opening my eyes, there's a pair of scissors right here and he clips it right there. I, my heart sank. I had a full blown panic attack, literally like it was horrible. Um, it was, uh, it was that your stomach drops, you know, your, your heart starts beating. You have trouble breathing. I get up out of the chair. I'm like, can't say anything. I like literally am like hyperventilating, not able to breathe. I, I, I grab my phone. I walk outside and first person I think of is my wife, pick up the phone. I call her and I'm, I'm not in tears yet because it hasn't hit me. I'm still in shock. And I call her and, you know, she's like, what's up? And I, I start talking to her and I, I'm having trouble getting the words out. She probably thinks she probably thinks I've wrecked a car. I've, you know, like mm. flipped it. I'm, I'm on the way to the hospital. Who knows? I, I can't talk. I'm, you know, I, I, I start explaining to her what happened. She's like, slow down, slow down. I finally get it out. And at this point, it's sunk in what's happened. You know, I can like feel it. It's just not there. It's like I'm naked, you know, and uh I start like crying, like literally crying, being like explaining to her what was just taken from me, you know, and I had no protection over it. I had no way, no way to get it back other than time. And of course, you know, she finally calms me down, like, you'll get it back, <laughs> you know, it, it will grow, you know, you've had it before, but it was that immediate, like I was violated. And that's, that's basically what it was. Obviously the guy didn't do it on purpose. It was a mistake. Um, and it goes further. He finally finishes up. He he gets it. You know, the whole thing ends up being short. I just have like an actual beard, no goatee, no like, you know, it just, it's trimmed, you know, very short. Um, and my son got his haircut from, you know, another person and I go up to pay and <laughs> they tried to charge me full price for it. I was like, <laughs> I'm not paying for it. <laughs> wow. um, but it was, you know, and it, it was for weeks. I'm going around seeing people and they're the people I know are like, what happened? Why'd you cut it off? And the people I don't know in my head, they're probably thinking this guy looks like an idiot, you know, because I, it wasn't, but they don't know me. They don't know what I looked like before, but in my head, it's, it, it was a part of me. It was who I was. I see that as a business owner, having a network and having, you know, employees underneath them, having the, their baby taken away from something that they had taken away from. I think that's a great analogy of that feeling that like, my livelihood, my, who I am, my identity has been taken away. For sure. That's such a, such a good story and connects so well. Cause I was on the other end of a business that's, that got hacked. Um, you know, one of my businesses in the past and, you know, cut off the access to email and it was just absolutely helpless, harrowing. Nobody to call. Who do you call FBI police? You know, they don't care. 
Uh, yeah. you, you know, there's nobody to call. There's nothing to do. You're like, you are absolutely like your beard is gone. This is like, that's, that's how it felt, you know? And then you, you call your IT company and then start investigation, all that, while all, all that, that is happening. You lost it, right? You lost, yeah. you got violated. You feel naked. That's so, so close. So I hope you guys are watching, listening. This is, um, yeah. go, go ahead, go ahead, Mark. And no, and, and I'm lucky enough to grow my beard back. I'm lucky enough to get back to what I want it to be a business owner who, you know, gets penetrated and gets as, as their security gets compromised, you might not be able to get that back. Mm. And that's, that's, that's a big, that's a big difference between my scenario and a business owners um, is you may have to start over again. And that's a, large process for a company well, um i'd say i'd say actually it's very similar because you, you could grow the business back right but it's it's time right it's the time you lost you won't get that again you could be walking around without a piece of it for a while so there you have it so uh, that's why i love that analogy man it's so good but let's get into particulars let's give some advice let's just share some advice to help people prevent this because um as we spoke in the last shows you know, people out there are going to be malicious and they're going to do these things. Um, but you don't need to be the victim. So, Harry, maybe kick us off. You were you were awfully quiet. And your beard is fantastic, Harry, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I do my best. You are making up with a fancy <laughs> shirt. Love the shirt. Um, those of you who are just listening, I think you should just go poke at the YouTube uh, and see what Harry's wearing. Um, but hey, let's let's hit this network security topic um, out of the gate. What's the first thing you would uh, make sure um, you do as a business owner? So I wouldn't really look at it in a chronological order mm. as to what's the first thing you would do. I would probably more look at it as to what's what are the things, what are the suites of tools that are available to me, what resources do I have that I need to protect? Where are they located? Um, so uh, uh, the first thing you need to do is understand your infrastructure, like what needs to be protected? You know, is it where your, where your, your data lives? Do your, does your data live on a server? Does your data live on a cloud? Um, do your data live on individual computers, on a hard drive? So Getting a better understanding of your infrastructure is probably the first thing you need to do. You know, How do you do that? Like Harry? it's like a house. You know, it's 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 like a house. You know, there's there's you probably have a safe in your house. You know, where you keep your money. That room where your safe is is more secure than say your kids' room. You know, so knowing how you say my kids are less important than a safe. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, when it comes to like breaking in. You know, when it comes to like your kid's room is not is not locked with a, a key lock. They don't have right. a code to get into your room, right? But where your money is, it has to be very secure for someone to get in there. Right. So your money in that sense is your data. So for a company is first of all identifying where is my data located, where is the meat on the bones located. That's where the security needs to be focused on. Um, and that's that's how you're going to design your security infrastructure is based on where your data is located. Um, and there are different tools available to you. Now, there are softwares that you can install, the antivirus software, just firewalls that you can enable. Um, 
Um, there's DNS protections that you can enable. There is the, the aspect of just physically locking access to your data. So if your data is on a server in your office, you want to make sure that not any stranger or visitor can just walk into your server room and plug in a thumb drive in there because mm. that's it, you know? So um, is your data, do users have data located, important company data on their computer? In that case, you want to make sure that computer has a very good antivirus software installed. Um, how often do your users use the internet? Um, do they use your internet on a day-to-day -day basis for company function? In that case, you probably want to have a DNS protection software installed. So it, it depends on where your data is. That's that will depend on the kind of security infrastructure that you want to go with. But it's not really a chronological order. It's more of what suites or what packages do I need to use to secure my information. Okay, very good, very good point. The reason what, the way I try to like put things in perspective, the way my mind works is like, hey, you know, I do this, then I do that, then I do this. Priority one, priority two, priority three. You're saying it's not really that. It's priority is your data. And then you put, depending on how your business functions, you put secure blankets, security blankets around it, uh, specific to your, you know, the, the way your business operates. But um, let me let me ask you. So, so from a perspective, like from from a, a threat, examples of, of of most common threat. Again, I'm not, I don't mean to, you know, be less important, more important, but most common threats. What's some of the things? you guys are are uh, protecting our clients against. What's the most common threat for network security? So that I'll, I would probably say email yeah. security is probably something that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis that we get most of. Um, and And as secure as your network may be, it can literally all be flawed by some malicious user sending a spoofed email to another user. Um, we have reports of a, a company that got hacked just by using AI to uh, um, simulate an employee's voice. So you can get a call um, and you think it's your boss calling you and that person is asking you for a code, but that's just a voice that's been modified by AI and it's asking you for a very important company information. You know, it could be a spoofed email. Hey, this email you think is coming from your boss, you click the link and there you have malware in your company's data. Um, so email security tends to be the most open source of exploits for most attackers now. Um, unlike back in the days where they were trying to input a malware or hardware into your to your physical device. Now it's just sending you something or spoofing something or even just calling you and dropping something in there. So those, that that would be, I would say, is the most common that we see on a day-to-day -day basis. So those of you watching or listening, we did the whole episode on email security, you know, bank vault versus trailer in the woods kind of analogy. Um, go and check that out. I think that spells out really good advice um, on how to think about email security. What's the second most, uh, Mark? Maybe you can touch on the what's in, uh, besides email security. You know, I, I understand like getting through the user, as, as as Harry pointed out, is probably the most common. Like getting a phone a phone call, spoof email, uh, you know, uh, stolen laptop potentially, uh, 
but are there other levels of threat besides going through the employee or user? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's still a lot of them are still user based, but it's not what we talked about already. Um, another one Harry had sort of touched on uh, was uh, the DNS protection. So it's really common nowadays to uh, use Google. Great tool. Awesome tool. Uh, any other search engine, uh, DuckDuckGo, whatever. Um, but you don't know what you're going to get when you get a results back and you don't know what you click, where you click, where it's really taking you. Um, so one of the things that we really uh, strongly recommend at ArcIT um, is DNS protection. Uh, what that does is it doesn't let you, if you click a link and it takes you to a malicious website um, or it, it hijacks your DNS or anything like that, it will... Uh, it will block you. It just puts a block up or it says, hey, this isn't safe. You know, have your IT check it out. Uh, and that's a piece of software that runs on your machine. Um, because going to a website and then clicking a link on a website can inject malware onto your computer. And that's one of the things that, you know, Harry had talked about. And it can, uh, you know, those can uh, propagate through a network um, and completely take a network down by just clicking a link on a website. You know, that's those are really? dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Without without really filling any form out or sharing any information, just clicking the link can... Sure, so it, it's less likely. What, what's more likely is uh, um, is click, not is clicking a link to a browser redirect anything like that. It can inject your computer. What's more likely is you're trying to download something and you download something from a, a malicious website. Mm -hmm. um, and when you download it, your computer... So from protecting your, your browsing history also takes you into... Um, your download history um, when it gets onto your computer. Well, how do you manage that? How do you, uh, you tie it into the um, centrally managed antivirus? So uh, Windows has a great, especially on Windows 10, Windows 11, Windows Defender is actually pretty good. It's a, it scores really high in rankings of um, a great antivirus. And that's great that it, it's good. Um, it's just as high as the paid versions. Now, the, the difference is from a business perspective is if you have 20 computers and each person is uh, you know, monitoring their own Windows Defender that's installed on their computer, there's no way to centrally manage that. Um, mm. So a centrally, the keyword here, centrally managed antivirus is a great tool because what happens is when a computer becomes infected with malware or any other type of um, virus, um, the MSP or whoever's managing the centrally managed piece of it gets an alert and then can investigate further. Mm. Centrally managed yeah. antivirus. Now, DNS protection antivirus, two different things, correct? Yeah. They are two different things. There's, there's companies that handle both, like the same, you know, they handle both of them, but they're two different products. Um, correct. And just to add to what Mark was saying, um, when it comes to the DNS protection. So you don't know what website you're clicking in. You don't know what results you're getting back. Um, th that DNS protection is a way to keep yourself secure. But something that we also see or we also get more of is, so when you go to these websites and you have all these ads there pop up on your screen. So we're getting more of those. We, we get a report that says, a, my, my computer looks to be hacked, but it's just your browser just coming up with all these pop-ups that says uh, your computer has been hacked, there's a malware. It's not really your computer being hacked, but it freaks the user out. The user is scared to shit. And what they do is they say, another pop-up comes up and says, call this number. They panic, they call the number. 
they give the user access to their to their computers. I've mm. seen this like four or five times. You know, it's like oh, I got all these pop-ups saying that my computer was infected, and it says call this number. So I called the number and I spoke to the guy and I paid him fifty nine ninety nine and he's been on my computer for since yesterday. <laughs> you know, it's it's I've, I've at least had like too many of those incidents where things happen. It's not really the computer getting hijacked. So sometimes it's not really that they don't, they don't want to plant malware on your computer. They just want to get your attention and have you call them. And that's how they then gain access to your computer. Wow. And then, you know, that's the back so to the So DNS protection is, is necessary to protect you from going away to those malicious websites or being redirected to those websites. Got you. Does DNS uh, protection also protect you from clicking uh, those malicious uh, links in the email or spoofing emails? Or it doesn't? It can in the sense that if you click it and it it's a redirect to a browser and it goes to a website that's bad. It will catch that. Um, but uh, it, it doesn't, it also helps from uh, DNS hijacking too, which is it, it, it makes sure because you're, we can get very, I don't want to get too technical, but the DNS hijacking is where they can uh, utilize, they take over your DNS on your computer and they can utilize their DNS server so they can redirect you where you want to go with the DNS protection. It, it stops that from happening because you're always going to be using the vendor's DNS, if that makes sense. Um it, it, it might not make sense, but it's a, it's a it's an advantage of having it because I can get go down a rabbit hole that one. Um, yeah, but it yeah. protects it protects in many ways. So there's a many different aspects of it. Um, what about Macs, guys? Uh, you covered Windows, Windows Defender, and I understand this. Uh, what about firms that have you know, you know, 10, 12 users? They all use Macs, and nothing ever really bad happened before, and they're sort of like. You know, they're not really using any other tools besides what Macs have built in. I, I know I know companies like that. Um what 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 are your thoughts there? What what's some of the potential threats and what's some of the potential solutions? Well, with my limited knowledge of marks, um, um I, I would say you should always there's no such thing as too much security unless it's say interfering with your workload, it's interfering with your productivity. Yeah. Um, so Macs are generally known to be secure, um, more secure than Windows computers. They have less of an attacking surface. They have been hacked, um, but they have less of an attacking surface. Uh, but pairing it up with an antivirus solution is also recommended. For our clients um, that have Macs, we still do install our security suite of tools for them just to pair it up and make it more secure. Um, as far as it's not going to affect the productivity or the performance of the workstations, we try to add as much security as we can. Hmm. Mark, anything to add here? No, um, it, it's, you know, I always use the analogy of even though Macs are catching up, the, the world's load of computer PCs versus Mac is still heavily skewed to PCs. There's way more PCs in the world than there are Macs. Um, you know, if you're, we we always talk about robbing vaults and banks and stuff. If you're a robber and you want to get your money, 
Are you going to go with, are you going to go to, you know, the Fort Knox? Are you going to go to rob the, you know, the little corner bank down by the store? And the, the gap is that big, you know, it is a Fort Knox versus like a, 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 you know, a bank you have in your city that has eight branches. I mean, it's a huge percentage gap of PCs to max. Really? Still? So, to this still, day? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it's still a very large gap. Um, and so, but anyway, so when they're developing these malware and all that, they're going to they can target one or the other because it's completely different code that they have to write. Mm. So um, they target the larger scope because if it goes out and touches ten computers, one of those will be a Mac and nine of them will be PC. They can infect nine versus the one, you know. So it's the same analogy with security, but there's still that one out of ten. And I don't know if that's an accurate number, but I'm saying there's still that one out of ten that is a Mac. So people are writing those that code for those one out of ten. Uh, computers out there. Um, And so it's just as important to put it on there because if a computer gets infected in your network, you might have 30 computers. If one gets infected, they can all get infected. Well, if you have 10 Macs and one gets infected, they can all get infected again. So Mm -hmm. it's just as important to your business to have a full suite of software on there. Um, So security suite should have DNS, should have the centrally managed antivirus, but we also brought up, well, you brought up this into the uh, conversation. Uh, bef- you know, we're kind of planning this topic, uh, firewalls. Uh, where do those come in and what threat they're protecting from? Yeah. So for firewalls protect you. They protect your uh, uh, the ports, the network ports. I don't want to go into too much detail, but there's so many ports on the network that are used for various reasons, various communications, um, different protocols. Um, so firewalls, in essence, are basically to protect those communication channels within your network from being exploited. Um, Windows, just like Macs, have their own inbuilt firewall. Um, most Antivirus softwares also come with their own firewall. So usually when you would install like WebRoots, it takes over your computer firewall and it starts performing the, the, the function of the firewall. So it just, it, it, it depends on how you want to go or where you want to go with that one. Um, you can just keep your local firewall or have a centrally managed firewall, but it's important to have a firewall enabled on any device that you're using. So I'm going to talk about a little bit, just separate piece from what Harry's talking about. I'm going to talk about um, not a software-based firewall, a hardware-based firewall. So there's a couple, there's, there's Harry was referencing as a software-based firewall that lives on the computer. Um, from my experience, I've been doing this a long time, software-based firewalls can cause a lot of communication issues with the outside world. Um, they're just prone to it. They're uh, just... They block traffic when you, you know, you want to send a send something uh, over a specific port uh, that your software firewall can block it. Um, and if, for instance, let's say you do a piece of use a piece of software that's unique to your company and it talks over a specific port on the firewall, you then have to touch 20 computers to like update the fire the software based firewall because each computer has one. Okay. So what a lot of businesses do is at their office. They put a hardware-based firewall between the the modem, you know, the outside, the internet, and their office. And what that does is it protects everything behind it, and it's a much uh, and it handles it much better. Um, 
And a hardware-based firewall is, uh, it basically is blocking people from the outside trying to get into your network, not through you opening a door for them, but then just penetrating your network without you knowing, if that makes mm. sense. Uh, um, yeah. It does. I just want to ask a qualifying question. What about work from home and and dispersed office? So if there's not physical office, does that make any sense? That's yeah, that could make it more challenging uh, with the work from home environment, because then in a sense, the user is in charge of making sure they have a good firewall, um, and the firewall would literally be up to whoever your internet service provider is. Um, so it, it, it it's more challenging with the work from home hybrid environments because um, you would often have to deal with their uh, the internet service provider whenever you want to make changes to the firewall. Um, it's more different than um, 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 businesses that are purely in offices where we can remotely manage their firewall and manage traffic. So it's 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 a difference that way. So yeah. basically. Uh, by default, when you roll over to your internet service provider and you get your cable modem or whatever you have, fiber, whatever it is, and you hook up internet at your house and you get Wi-Fi and you're online, you have a firewall, a hardware-based firewall between you and the internet. But it's managed by your Comcast, your Xfinity, you know, your Cox, whoever, whatever internet you have, internet provider you have, it's managed by them. You can go in and make some small changes to it if you know what you're doing, but it's pretty much managed by them and it, it protects you in the middle. You know, you can lock it down more or you can like loosen it up more depending on what you need to do. Um, but the DNS protection is a good uh, stopgap for those employees that are working from home. It, it helps protect them a little bit. And also the, the centrally managed antivirus with a, um, you know, a firewall built in, it, it, it is the best for that scenario. Correct, correct. And whenever we do have, for our clients, whenever we do have the users who work from home, we make sure that that computer has our full suite of security tools installed. Yeah. Um, well, gentlemen, I tell you, man, this was this was uh, this was a great uh, overview of network security, and um, I think the harrowing story, truly, that's uh, not a, I'm not, that's not a pun. Um, harrowing story on how what happens if um, the intruder intruder gets in, and um, you know, some like like part of you is gone, and recovering from that like everything else becomes less important your business becomes less important it's just gaining that access back and yeah. man i i don't wish this to on onto anyone so you know keep your businesses protected uh get a suite uh of security tools uh installed have a centralized managed um um antivirus and and you know get your it team to review and poke at your network and and you know, make sure make sure your things on a lockdown. If you need help, you know, we're here. Get archit.com. Uh, that's what we do. And you know what I what I do? I hold these guys, Mark and Harry. I hold them by the reins, not to get technical. We talk about it before the show and after the show. It's like, guys, don't get technical. Don't get technical. And they're super technical. I can't even hope to understand half of what they're saying if they're actually going to go and talk about this podcast. If we made this podcast, we had this show for other IT professionals, man, that'd be you won't be able to understand any of it. Uh, <laughs> but we're making it for business owners. 
one thing one thing to remember is that I, I i I love this statement is your network is only as secure as your weakest device. So um, if you have 100 computers and 99 of them have the security suite installed on it and you have one that isn't, your entire network is susceptible to what that one computer that doesn't have the security suite is. Remember that because that's really important. So when you do it, you got to go all in and verify and confer that every device is uh, is has the full security suite on it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and- to add to that too, this is probably something that a topic that we've maybe covered previously, but backups <laughs> is yeah, part yeah. of security. Because mm-hmm. bad stuff is gonna happen. Making sure you're able to recover or you have a backup to recover is very important. That's mm. part of security. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't have the beard cutoff analogy for backups. Um, it's almost like, <laughs> yeah, but like uh, wear a fake beard. <laughs> yeah, you can't back up your beard. I'm a fake beard. That's where this analogy falls apart on the yeah. backups. That's, yeah, that's but listen, backups are so important because in a in an event, you know, your network does get penetrated. It goes from putting 15, 20 years into a business and having to start over again versus being down for two hours. Yeah. And then just back right back to where you were and say goodbye to what you had, but you have everything again. It's it's backups are so critical, man. They're they are oh I can't conversation for a different you, day. Well, we had we have a show, so you guys can go check that out. There's definitely sage advice being uh dispensed at that at that particular uh podcast that we've already done. But um hey, I if you want to have these guys on your side, get archit.com, sign up, we'll help you out, man. We love we love do, doing what we do. And um, you know, until next time, thank you very much for watching. And Harry and uh, uh Mark, I appreciate your time and your candor and all your sharing. Let's get back to work, buddy. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you.